0: You're listening to another football episode of Tapouts and Touchdowns with Banker Bill.
1: Ryan, you get off the
0: and your guy, Bully Rye. I think it's a brilliant idea. gonna say the music's gonna kick in in a minute uh this is a, a a unique show opening because i've been fighting with this computer for the last 20 minutes to go live to join all of you on this show welcome to another football episode of tap outs and touchdowns it's your guy bully rye alongside banker bill to talk all things football bill what's going on bud how's how's things with you
1: what are we talking about Football, didn't that yeah, season end like football. a couple weeks ago? I thought that was over already. I thought we were uh, done with that. Just because
0: you are uh, are, are not donning your, moving uh, your on, Florida friend. Gators I'm gear, moving your on. Miami Dolphins we're... gear, <laughs> does not mean that football is over with. I Thanks know. to anybody who's joining us live tonight, whether it's Facebook.com slash Tapouts and Touchdowns on Twitter or on YouTube. Thank you for joining us. Make sure you join the conversation by leaving a comment wherever it is that you're watching. and. Uh, and like I said, join us to talk all things football. We're not going to talk any, any college football tonight. Well, maybe maybe a little bit because we're going to be talking some NFL acquisition news to start the show. There is a lot going on in the world of the NFL when it comes to new coaches, new faces in different places. Uh, there was some breaking news just a minute ago. Before we get there, let's start with the fact that the Atlanta Falcons have now interviewed former Buffalo Bills I'm sorry, former New England Patriots. Wow, I messed that one up. Yeah, that was former crazy. New England Patriots coach Bill Belichick twice for their current coaching vacancy. Bill, you think? Do you think there's any chance that Bill Belichick winds up in uh, in 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 Atlanta, or do you think he winds
1: up somewhere else? I did a little reading on it, and it seems like you would think that after interviewing him twice, that that would be, you know, they they pull the uh, pull the trigger and i'm i'm kind of thinking no right now I, I i don't know what's going on i don't know what atlanta's looking for what those conversations were where they didn't like what they heard maybe i don't know how does that work like how, do you not like what you heard in the first one or, or you did or you but it wasn't enough to make you go yeah i want the you know second winningest coach of all time at 71 years old or whatever he is but they brought him in for another one and they're still like ah i'm not sure I, so i just I have to lean towards. I don't think so. I, I don't think he ends up there.
0: I saw a meme, something or other, where it's like it's it's the potential conversation the Falcons had with Bill Belichick. Yeah, and it was uh, give us a time where you had to overcome an obstacle and how you did it, and, <laughs> and it goes to the picture where the Patriots overcame a twenty-eight, uh, a twenty-five oh, point deficit in the yeah. Super Bowl to beat the Atlanta Falcons. So uh, yeah, I, I don't. I'm with you. I don't think he winds up in Atlanta. Um, I, I, my initial thought was maybe he winds out West in Los Angeles, but I know he's not going to go to Vegas and I, I, we now know that he's not going to wind up in Los Angeles as news broke, uh, not long before we came on the air that the Los Angeles chargers are signing current Michigan Wolverines head coach, national champion head coach, Jim Harbaugh to, uh, to their head coaching vacancy bill. I think if, if you had asked me, and we may have actually talked about this when the Chargers sort of fell apart and they were, they, they decided to fire Tom Telesco and, and fire their head coach. I I think I made a comment that I think if Jim Harbaugh goes anywhere, he goes out West and he goes to the Chargers. Do you like this move by the Chargers? And, and I think we're, we're on the same page as why Jim Harbaugh wanted out of Michigan, correct?
1: Yeah. I, I think the, uh. I think he was getting away from some bad news. Is is kind of what I was thinking. Not only that, but you go you go out on top, you won the national championship. That's your the, the culmination of your career. I mean, what what do you do now? Just continue to try to win national. Of course, that's what you would do, right? But if you get an opportunity to go back to the big show, I think that's why he's going. But I mean, I remember why he went to college football. I I feel like this is odd. I I actually while we were talking or while I saw that you know he he had gotten hired the reports. By the way, I want to give a shout-out to Sean McElveen. He texted, he, he's one of the fans that watches the show. He texted me and said, breaking news, uh, Harbaugh to the Chargers. And I went, What? And I looked at my phone, and and like five minutes prior, there had been an article, which I screenshot and sent to you. Yeah. Uh, so shout out to Sean. He definitely broke that for me. He wanted me to say that. He's like, say it on the podcast, and I I told you about <laughs> it. So yeah. I am. It's, great. Uh but uh thank you, Sean, for the news. That was awesome. But anyway, yeah. back Junior to Junior Blackburn, 14. also, real quick.
0: Junior Blackburn says it's a big, big mistake. For Jim Harbaugh, um, and then Michael Davis, real quick, uh, yeah. wearing that the jersey, jersey all day. I've been wearing this jersey all week. To
1: be, yeah, he to hasn't be washed it. it. But uh, anyway, but no, I, I think it's odd. In 2014, they were talking about him losing the roster because he didn't know how to treat veterans. Is is the veterans were getting frustrated with him? They had a a practice what would you call it, debacle, where he went and played in the preseason against his brother up in Baltimore, and then they stayed there as a team and practiced for three extra days after the game. And the veterans were upset about it, and that's how he started to lose the the, the locker room. And that's why he ended up getting fired. Remember, they brought in Michael Mike Singletary to, to fix everything that was wrong with the 49ers, even though, I mean, Harbaugh had only lost like 11 games in four seasons in the regular season. It was insanity.
0: Well, I think he also let the Colin Kaepernick thing go go way too far. I think that went south,
1: and there was no a lot of things. There. It Just wasn't but, good. It wasn't good leadership. It seemed. And, but, and hopefully, he left, he's learned.
0: He left Stanford because there was there was a hammer about to fall on on him at Stanford, mm-hmm. and now that he's won a national championship, I mean, you ask you ask the question. Well, what does he do? Is he, does he want to win a bunch of national championships? And being that it was his alma mater, maybe he wanted to be that next Nick Saban. Or whatever the case is, but with all of the controversy surrounding the Michigan program this season, despite winning the national championship in uh, in commanding fashion, I, I think we all know what's coming from Michigan. If they're not going to. I don't think they're going to have wins revoked. We're past that whole Reggie Bush. We're going to take your Heisman thing away in college football. But there, there is some sort of. I wouldn't know. If, I wouldn't call it a sanction or or a warning. There, there will be some sort of hand slap on the wrist. Because of what they did in, uh, in in the season, or what was discovered in the season, as far as um, them them sending someone out to to opposing teams and and gaining their own game film in an un, unsavory way, but nevertheless, Jim Harbaugh knew it was coming. Uh, he wanted to try to go back to the NFL last year, and, and he turned down, I believe. I don't know if it was the Panthers uh, Panthers job or, or another job. But he did turn out a job last year or maybe it's the Vikings I believe it was the Minnesota Vikings were maybe interested right. in him but nevertheless uh, Jim Harbaugh making his return to the NFL going back to California former former 49ers head coach now uh, Los Angeles Chargers head coach he inherits a, a tremendous roster out in LA with a quarterback that you think hasn't done anything maybe with Jim Harbaugh he can turn that around but with with a, with a a, a a very talented roster out west we'll be able to see what Jim Harbaugh can do a lot of other moves in the NFL. Let's start, uh, come back home closer to Carolina. Former Panthers linebacker Dan Morgan only played for the Carolina Panthers in his NFL career. He did sign a contract with New Orleans Saints, but but called it a career due to a, a partially torn Achilles that he never was able to rehab from. He was assistant general manager uh, leading into this season, I believe starting in 2021. He was the assistant GM. He's been promoted to, to general manager of the Carolina Panthers bill. I'm, I'm going to give you my thoughts on this because the COO of the Detroit lions uh, days before this was announced had withdrawn his name from, uh, from the the running for this job. And a lot of the current and former players are really happy that Dan Morgan is coming in and taking this, taking this role as the general manager for the Carolina Panthers. Maybe the thought is that he's the next John Lynch, former player turned GM that can write the ship in Carolina. I listen he was assistant GM. Before that, he was head of player personnel at another for another team. Before he took this job as assistant GM, I I hope that he does well. I am rooting for Dan Morgan. I am rooting for the Carolina Panthers to turn the ship around. I don't know how to feel about this man. I feel like it was the the, the main reason that Dan, Dan Morgan got this job was because in essence nobody else wanted the job. Bill, what's say you? How do you feel about Dan Morgan? Uh, Panthers, great uh now turned general manager for his former team
1: well, I'm, I'm i'm glad that the players are excited about him coming in as a general manager i don't know if they're going to be so excited when he starts to cut them <laughs> you know, yes yeah. like it, i like him now right and that's you're gonna say oh, i am excited because if you say oh what a terrible choice he's just gonna let you go right yeah um you're not a locker room guy but uh okay he, he's come up through most multiple systems he started as i believe a uh scouting intern with the seattle seahawks and he's made his way up to multiple different positions in front offices he went to the bills he was involved in their player personnel department and so he's been accustomed to winning these are those are winning franchises the seahawks have i don't know how many years of uh you know having a at least a
0: 500 record yes yeah.
1: and, and a playoff team and obviously the bills have been good for quite a few years now um so it's good. I think it's good. I think he's accustomed to winning, and I think you know it, it's hard, man. I once you're the man on the hot seat when you're the, the general manager, you and you are identifying the talent. You're relying on your scouts and things like that, and then you have to feel, um, you know, you have to feel a certain way about a player to want to bring them to your team. I don't know. It's tough to make that call. He, he's he's been a scout, so hopefully he's good at that. I mean, I don't know. It's it's tough. It's tough to be a gentleman. What I do hope is that he was kind of one of those players that was involved with other players, and he, he can really identify winner type attitudes. I, I think you can you can get a little bit of a leg up on that as a former player, you yeah. know, being in locker rooms and things like that. So, um, he was on a
0: Carolina Panthers team that played in the Super Bowl yeah. against Tom Brady and the Carolina Panthers. I mean, he knows
1: many, many what it years takes still, yeah.
0: to 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 be a winning franchise. Uh, And so it'll be interesting to see what he can do. I think the first thing, and and we're not going to stay much longer on this topic, but I mentioned this on the Cat Cave over on the Tobacco Road Sports Radio's YouTube channel and the Keep Pounding Podcast Network, wherever you get your podcasts, free and cheap plug. Um, The the first thing he needs to do is find a trade partner for Miles Sanders. I mean, the highest paid running back in the offseason, a multi-year contract, and he did nothing for the Carolina Panthers when the guy that was on the roster the year prior uh, outperformed him week in and week out. Uh, so there's there's you talked about you know how are they going to like him when he starts cutting people? I think the first move he needs to make outside of hiring a new head coach right. is to to release a guy or or to at least try to find a trade partner for a guy like Miles Sanders. Let's move on. The next story here that we're going to talk about uh, the Tennessee Titans to hire the Bengals offensive coordinator Brian Callahan as their next head coach. The, now the Bengals struggled early in the season and late offense, in the season. And late in the season, there's a bulk of time in the middle of the season where everybody was healthy. But to start this season and the end of the season, mm-hmm. um, they, they struggle on offense, but he gets an opportunity as the new head coach of the Titans. The Titans, defensively up until this year, have been have been a pretty good football team uh, behind their head coach. And I don't know why I can't say his name all of a sudden, probably because he doesn't have a job. But uh, he was a defensive-minded head coach, and now they they pull in an offensive coordinator who did wonders for Joe Burrow in that offense. Do you think this is the right move for the Titans to go offensive when it comes to their head coach considering what the rest of the division looks like right now.
1: I mean, they went defensive for so many seasons, so it's a change up. It's a change up. We'll see what I mean, you know, it's it's funny as a front office person who you end up deciding to like your general manager decides to hire, right? You're just guessing. You're guessing. And you hope because it, it's going to cost you your job if you're if you're wrong. So yeah. it's I I does Brian Callahan, did that name jump off the page at you? It did not to me, no. Yeah, I don't think so. I don't think it's a, a exciting splash hire. I think Bengals fans had to look him up. So, you know, <laughs> it is – I'm serious. Like, they're not like, oh, we got this guy. Like, that's not going to be – you know, it's – Titans fans don't know who he was. The Bengals fans probably barely knew who he was. And he doesn't jump off the page. So, we'll see what happens. I, I think it's a it's a guess. It, they're taking a flyer. And I always feel like, especially in the NFL – front office personnel want to look like the genius. And sometimes they go outside the box a little bit. So they really, really get pointed at as the genius. And I feel well, like that's what, this is one of those situations.
0: They felt like that with Dan Campbell with the lions last year, mama Frick in the house. Want to give her a shout out real quick. Listen, I I'm he's going to have a rebuilding opportunity at this point. Mike Vrabel didn't really leave the cupboard all full. Uh, Derek Henry, I believe is going to be a free agent this off season. They just drafted Will Levis last year to replace Ryan Tannehill as the head starting quarterback, but they're still sitting on Malik Willis, who they drafted the, last, the year prior to that, that hopefully would make a difference in this team. DeAndre Hopkins signed, I believe, a one or two year deal to go to the Tennessee Titans. So a rebuild ahead for Brian Callahan. Uh, next up, we've got, uh, you mentioned the Seahawks a minute ago, and they're consistently, you know, at least average to above average program. Their offense coordinator, Shane Waldron, is being hired by the Chicago Bears to that same position. The Bears hold the number one overall pick, a la the Carolina Panthers. And the consistent number one overall pick going into this offseason is Caleb Williams, the quarterback of Southern Cal, formerly of Oklahoma. But Justin Fields looked like he made some strides this year to be that guy for Chicago. Do you think that this offense coordinator wants to make his own a splash, his own, leave his own mark with the Chicago Bears uh, by taking a guy like Caleb Williams and looking for a trade partner for Justin Fields? Or do you think we roll the dice and, and they might trade that number one overall pick away uh, to to build some more draft capital and and to roll, and, and to continue to roll with Justin
1: Fields and see what they have with a new coordinator? What would you do? I'm, I don't know. Justin Fields, he shows flashes. I mean, he was a top five fantasy quarterback going into the season. We we talked, you know, you, you were excited about his running capabilities and all that, and at some point he forgot to throw, you know, how to throw, and then he never knew how to be clear. He, he, well, then he got injured, and then towards the end of the season he kind of figured out how to do both again. You know, he was getting better, and I mean, he knows he's fighting for his life, and I don't know what would you do. I, I don't, I don't believe in Caleb Williams, not not a huge fan. Yeah, he's never won a big game. Not exactly. We, we we
0: talked about it. You're here a couple minutes late, but I appreciate it. Yeah, we just talked about. Hardball, you want to go back and listen to that? We had a good conversation. Listen, I don't know. Uh, as a, as a Detroit Lions fan, I hope that they make all the wrong wrong decisions, and I hope the wrong decision is to roll with Justin Fields. But you know, the idea is that uh, that we don't know what Chicago's going to do, and with a new offensive coordinator who's dealt with Geno Smith the last couple of years, like you don't know what he feels about Justin Fields and his ability to uh, to to make up for uh you know what this offense is going to make up uh your, your wife is in the chat um been wearing this jersey for a week she's not <laughs> wrong she's right whenever i'm whenever i go to do a show i have this i have a couch sitting right next to me and i'll take this off lay it on the couch and then i'll put it back on to do the show so i have technology. nobody believes that
1: nobody believes I, nobody that. We all believe, believe you've care. been working in that shirt and everything else we yeah well you can believe jersey. what you want
0: to uh,
1: but, but I know the truth. Be proud, man. Be proud. You've been taking a beating for, well, since before you've been born. Yes, so, exactly. It, yeah, It's it's been, I would be proud. It's it's the Lions' time right now. Oh, yeah. I can't wait to talk about this game
0: here in a minute. Uh, next up on the list, Jaguar, Jacksonville Jaguars hiring former Falcons defense coordinator Ryan Nielsen to the same position. The Falcons, believe it or not, had a solid defense this year. And the Jags, who people preseason picked them to win the AFC South, they looked like they were going to I believe it 8 and 4 before they completely collapsed. came back down to earth. Yeah. and collapsed down the stretch. Good move for them to sign former Falcons defensive coordinator Ryan Nielsen, is it?
1: Is it? I they think were, so. You said a decent defense. If you want to consider the 18th bet scoring defense in the NFL a decent defense. I, I guess decent is mediocre. I don't I don't pay attention much to the the Falcons. I don't. And they were a we'll say a decent, mediocre team all season long. I mean, they were in the the race for that division. But this is another had, odd one.
0: For the first half of the season, they had a top 10 defense. I think they started getting and then the it died. late. It died, cool. just like the
1: Jaguars season did. That's why Peterson wanted him, because he tanks cool. at the end
0: of the season just like he does. The problem is the Falcons still had an opportunity to win the division in Week 18. They were one game away from winning
1: the division. And they had a below-average defense well, by the end it'll of the be
0: season. We'll see how how this changed. Affects yeah, the Jacksonville
1: Jaguars.
0: We'll Sean, uh, I want you to tell me about your hats. Um, I'm not sure <laughs> what that's about. Um, that's a story. That's a story. All right. That's a story. Um, yeah. Let's see. Next up. Uh, oh, this is this is the fun one. This is the, this is actually before the Harbaugh news broke. This is one that I actually wanted to talk about. Because of all the mistakes that the Las Vegas, formerly Oakland Raiders, have made in their history. They finally made the right decision In hiring, I should say, promoting Antonio Pierce from interim head coach to full-time head coach. There were rumors that Max Crosby, star defensive end, was ready to leave. Had the Raiders not given Antonio Pierce the job? but that's not all. Tom Telesco, we talked about a second ago, general manager of the Los Angeles Chargers, was there for 11 years, fired at the end of the season uh, along with their head coach. He's now been hired to the same position with the Raiders. Tom Telesco, new GM, was hired after Antonio Pierce was promoted to full-time head coach. How do you feel about these moves, Bill?
1: I think I, I think I like the Antonio Pierce hiring. I think they were a better team with him down the stretch. Oh, absolutely. He was, yeah, uh, he was. They were giving a, a rookie quarterback a try, and that's tough to win in those games. And he, you know, he had a, a decent record. Uh, I'm not sure about Tom Telesco. I just don't. I mean, what, what's the track record there? I heard that Mark Davis didn't want to hire a first-time GM, you know, to uh, basically go with a first-year head coach and, you know, completely restart the uh, entire entire front office with, you know, really inexperienced folks. But uh, Tom Telesco had a losing record as the GM of the, the San Diego Chargers, and everybody likes to sing Justin Herbert's praises. And, and I, I just I, – I'm not sure I get it. I'm not sure I get that one. I think he has the ability to put together a talented roster. He's trying. I think players. He has, he
0: has the ability to get some decent players put together, but for whatever reason, on the field with the coaching, they couldn't put it together. I think right. that's why it's a good idea to have Antonio Pierce hired before Telesco got the hire, because now Telesco can come in and funnel players into Antonio Pierce's you know program, right. so that uh, so that they can they can continue to build off of what they they the season with. This year Uh, Washington commanders hire former 49ers assistant GM Adam Peters. Is this their next general manager? Listen, the 49ers have been one of the most consistently good teams in the NFL. This was prior to Christian McCaffrey prior to Brock Purdy. They have been a consistently good football program going into the NFC championship game this year. And I'm guessing after the season's over, this is when they'll make it official Adam Peters to be the next GM Of the Washington Commanders. Do you think it's going to make a difference? I mean, they like like every other team, or like most of the teams we've talked about, I still think we're looking at a rebuild. I know, I know their their you know, new quarterback this year. Sam was it Sam Howell had a really decent season, but that's really all you can talk about as far as Mm -hmm. the Washington Commanders go. Everything else was terrible, I believe. They they sit with a number two overall pick behind the Bears.
1: I could be wrong. Their defense was horrific. Oh, yeah. Really bad.
0: Um, you think you think this new GM is going to make much of a difference? At least you know, year one out the gate.
1: Yes, you know, it's it's, uh, I, it's uh, the hard, words are hard, Ryan. I'm having a hard time putting it. It together. I find it odd. There are a few jobs where you can really quantify success and failure, other than being a coach in the NFL, a quarterback in the NFL. I mean, there's statistics for everything, right? Mm-hmm. And You hire somebody from the 49ers who have been a good good team for quite a few seasons now, and, okay, that sounds pretty good, but he was the assistant GM. How much was he involved? Now, he's going to come into the office and tell you, I was the man behind Brock Purdy. I was this – you know what I mean? That's what he's going to do. You don't know. But I find it interesting with all these hires that, to me, it almost seems like it's the way that the hires have gone this season. It's more of an experience type thing. For yep. so many of these owners, none of these guys go, make you go, "Wow, I can't believe they picked that guy." Because Brian Callahan didn't have the number one offense in the NFL, and now he's a head coach. Mm-hmm. You, know, you, I just, I look at all of them. Like Jaguars hiring former a uh, uh, below average defense in Atlanta, and hey, you should come be our coordinator. What? What? That makes zero sense to me. Now, granted, you're not going to likely get a top 10 defensive coordinator because that guy's sticking with his team. Yeah. But at the same time, it, I just – I almost look at these and I see like the other names that are candidates and things like that and I just go, why would you hire these guys? Did somebody come out and tell us, oh, he was a good coordinator in Atlanta? No, he wasn't. We have statistics to prove it. You know, it's, it's crazy to me. It's I just don't understand this stuff. But I don't know. I'm not going to be a, a front office guy in the NFL anytime soon unless somebody wants to be really crazy You're well they're get fired they're, anyway. Most of these guys are going to get fired anyway. They just they just keep going from team to team that's my point. Is it's just like a good old boy club. They just keep hiring yeah. their buddies. And it doesn't they can stink and then they get hired over here. Like, "Oh, we're just going to move you down one notch and then you'll get promoted eventually anyway." Like and there's still there's still vacancies to be to be filled in the NFL, a lot of coaches that
0: are being looked at to go elsewhere still coaching in the NFL playoffs. Uh, speaking of which, we're going to take our first break. When we come back, we are going to dive dive into last weekend's divisional round of the NFL playoffs, and then at the end of the show, we're gonna we're gonna look ahead to championship weekend, the AFC and NFC championship games. Stay tuned for all that when we come back right here on Tapouts and Touchdowns. This episode is brought to you by Carolina Business Equipment, with offices in Charleston, Greenville, Columbia, and Florence. Carolina Business Equipment can supply your copiers, computers, and printers anywhere in the state of South Carolina. Call my personal best friend Aaron Thompson at 843-452-8761 for a quote today and make sure you tell him that Ryan from Tap House and Touchdowns sent you. Carolina Business Equipment, you worry about your business, let us handle your technology. All right, everybody, welcome back to Tap House and Touchdowns. Your guy bully rye alongside banker Bill to break down the NFL divisional round of the playoffs. If you're you joining fiery, us
1: live, man. I'm all fiery. I feel like I'm starting to sweat.
0: Oh no. I well, I, I mean, frustrated. maybe this is a good I'm thing, tired. good thing or I get bad frustrated. Thing. Well, nevertheless, if you're joining us live, make sure you join the conversation. Whatever it is that you're watching, be it X, YouTube, or Facebook, leave a comment, whatever it is you're listening, and join the conversation because We've got four games to break down from last weekend's division around the playoffs, and let's start with the first game that was played, the Baltimore Ravens taking on the Houston Texans. This game was close. It was 10-10 to 10 at halftime, 17-10 to 10 Ravens going into the fourth quarter, and the Ravens just absolutely break away in the fourth quarter, scoring 17 unanswered. Uh, Bill, I don't remember watching a lot of this game and I, I believe it was it might have been because we were we were I think we might have gone to a hockey game or something. We did. This this, hockey But, game. but this uh, this game again, it was close going into the fourth quarter. What happened to the Texans
1: defense, man? The Texans got stopped by a really, really good defense. They ended up having, I want to say, like two hundred and twelve yards of up total offense. You can see the statistics going across the screen if you're watching us live. They, if you look at the statistics for the Texans, you just don't see anything. It's 175 yards passing for CJ Stroud. After we, you know, sang his praises all week last week, absolutely bombed, and they couldn't run the ball. I think their best running back had 22 yards, so yep. it, they just just ran into a superior team, and it was ball game. Like you said, it was close in the first half. Texans defense played well, and in the second half, Lamar took over, and the Baltimore defense took over.
0: Well, I think uh, lo- a lot of it was ball control. The the, lot the Ravens yards. had. The yep. Ravens had the ball, 37 minutes, 35 seconds, time of possession, 22 minutes for the Texans. So they they held yep. onto that ball. The Texans had to make every single possession count, and they did not in this game. Lamar Jackson did Lamar Jackson things. Didn't throw for 200 yards, but he had 152 passing, 100 yards on the ground, two touchdowns through the air, two on the ground for Lamar Jackson. Doing what everybody knows Lamar Jackson can do on offense – Uh, despite not getting a lot of production through the air, uh, kept the ball out of the hands of C.J. Stroud and the Houston Texans, you mentioned, not efficient, 2.4 yards per carry for Devin Singletary, who had really kind of broken out the second half of the Mm -hmm. season after, uh, I believe, Damian Pierce was hurt, and then he was benched in favor of Devin Singletary, the number three running back in the NFL to end the season. So, um, you know, they just, like you said, the Ravens defense shut down the Texans and the Ravens will host the AFC Championship game. I believe they said it was for the first time in like 52 years or something like that. The city of Baltimore would host the AFC wow. Championship game. That was when it was still the Baltimore Colts, if I'm not mistaken, Yep. since um, since they hosted the AFC Championship game. So congratulations, Baltimore Ravens coming off a bye week. It did not affect them whatsoever. I'll tell you what. who did get affected by the bye week, and that's the San Francisco 49ers. They hosted the Green Bay Packers, who had a big win. Week prior in the wild card round and almost pulled it off again. The 49ers, a 24 21 winner over the Green Bay Packers. And Jordan Love did about everything that he could in this game 194 yards passing, two touchdowns, but he did have two interceptions, one costly one at the end of the game. But San Francisco doing what they do best. The offense going through Christian McCaffrey, 17 carries, 98 yards, 5.8 yards per carry, attack on two touchdowns with that as well. The story, Anders Carlson missed that 41-yard field goal in the fourth that would have given Green Bay a seven-point lead. Uh, San Francisco turns it around, goes down the field and scores to go up by three. And now Jordan Love trying to force the ball down the field, throws an interception with under a minute to play and seals the deal for the Niners. Bill, you were and have been the advocate for Jordan Love on this show, saying that he was better than a lot of people were saying he was or they were thinking that they were going to be. Uh, I was rooting for the Packers in case that they get the win in this game, that if the Lions were to win, they'd host the NFC Championship game, and they almost pulled it out. Oh, give give us your thoughts on the Packers' season. I mean, they were this close to making the NFC Championship game in the first year post-Aaron Rodgers. Uh, what are your thoughts on what the Packers were able to put together this
1: season? Well, the honest truth is they they probably, statistically, I mean, came really close to outplaying San Francisco on San Francisco's field. I mean, that's impressive A late drive, uh, you know, with a Christian McCaffrey touchdown at the end, seals it. I don't want to say seals it. There was still an opportunity for the Packers, but I mean, good. Yeah. I'm impressed by what the Packers were able to do. I mean, is that coaching? I would I would assume that's coaching. You know, they ended the season very well. I, I said in preseason or after preseason, beginning of the season, and we've talked about it here that I thought the Packers were going to be a whole lot better than a lot of people thought they were. And I think we picked them to have pretty a pretty bad record. But in my mind, we had already picked pr- prior to the preseason. And in my mind, I went, you know, we, we've screwed this up. They're they're going to be pretty good. And they were. Uh, so they had a, a fantastic season. Good job to them. Uh, but I really think that all of us believe that the 49ers were the superior team here. And they come out with a really, really close win. That was a fun game. And good job to the Packers for hanging in there. And, and almost, like I said, almost, you know, pulling that one off. Yeah, Jordan Lovell had under 200 yards passing. But again, when the Niners'
0: offense is going to go through McCaffrey, the Packers have to go through Aaron Jones, 108 yards on the ground, six yards for carry. Uh, You know, when when they get Aaron Jones involved in this offense, the Packers are are successful holding on to the football. Uh, The story out of this game is that Debo Samuel got hurt in the first half with a shoulder injury, uh, did not return, and as of Wednesday, has still not practiced. As it appears that he's going to be a game-time decision for the NFC Championship game that will be hosted in San Francisco this weekend. You and I talked about this before. Whenever Debo Samuel is not on the field for San Francisco, their offense sort of sputters. And I don't think that this was a, a, a difference here. Do you think San Francisco's chances go down that dramatically this weekend if Debo Samuel is unable to go?
1: I think they go – I mean, they go down. And I, I, mean, we saw it earlier in the season, they had a three game stretch where they lost all three games in a row. And the one common denominator between all three of those games is Debo Samuel was hurt. And at that point, I, I think we talked about it. Is he the catalyst of that offense? We saw him get hurt in the first half and they were able to move the ball in the second half, thankfully for them. But yeah, I think if you don't have, I mean, it, it ramps up this time, right? You go against a, a more a better team you would think than the Packers with the lions and it, the Lions are going to bring more offense, I think, than the Packers were able to. Um, yeah. Whether or not they bring defense, that's the Lions seems to be the Lions' weak point right now, as their defense isn't quite as good as some of the other teams that are in the playoffs. So we'll see. But I, I think if Debo Samuel miss, misses this game, and it's going to be tough. I mean, you still got CMC. Ayuk's very good on the outside as well. Um, so you know, obviously Kittle, even though he dra- he dropped some balls in that game, I mm, there was some some ugly stuff from Kittle this week. You but, know, uh, we'll the see. problem,
0: the, like you said, the problem is the Lions' defense, and that's where we go to the next game. Detroit yeah. Lions get the win, a huge win over the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, thirty-one to twenty-three. They were up fourteen points late in the fourth quarter of this game. But you mentioned the fact that the Lions' defense hasn't been all that great in both been. of the both of their playoff games. They have allowed a receiver to go off. Mike Evans goes off in this game, uh, whereas the eight receptions, one hundred and forty-seven yards, with a touchdown in this game. The week prior, if you remember. It was Puka Nakua going absolutely nuts on the secondary. So whether it's Debo Samuel or whether it's uh, Brandon Ayuk or otherwise, uh, is what the Lions have to look forward to. And we'll talk about that when we get to pick those games here in a few minutes. But let's talk about this Lions-Buccaneers game because the Buccaneers kept this game close. Most A lot of Lions fans were concerned going into this game that, well, the defense is going to be good enough to keep them away. And I told everybody I'm not worried about it, even when the game was tied, I believe, going into the fourth quarter or sometime in the fourth quarter. I told people I still wasn't worried. We're going to win by 14, and within, like, five minutes of saying that, the Lions were up 14 points. (laughs) Uh, The Buccaneers uh, score with just under five to play, and they make it the unique decision to go for two and do not get it um, with an opportunity to, to get the ball back at the end of this game, and they do, and Baker Mayfield does what Baker Mayfield does. And drops back to pass. I watched. I was like I was watching a game of Madden. I watched the linebacker Derek Barnes drop back into coverage. I said, if Baker Mayfield goes in middle field, this game's over. And sure enough, threw it right to the linebacker. It was almost like I predicted the play in my head, and it somehow came to life on the field. It's called uh, manifesting, right? Man- okay, I manifested. Sure, <laughs> I manifested it to happen. But yeah. beyond that, Baker Mayfield did what Baker Mayfield did all season for the Bucks. 349 passing yards, three touchdowns, not only that game, game, uh, you know, ceiling interception, he also had an interception early in the game. He was also sacked four times. And one of the things that people have said bad about the lions is they haven't been able to get pressure on the quarterback and being able to actually secure sacks. They were able to do that against make Baker Mayfield. Uh, give us your thoughts on what the Buccaneers were able to do, considering that they weren't in the playoffs officially until week 18, after a nine nothing win over the panthers
1: it's weird when you watch the buccaneers play in the, the regular season if you watch that panthers game and, and of course i think both both of us probably did because it was the local game here because we get to watch all the panthers game which is oh, so much fun on the weekends i know so oh. fun, yeah it's so it's good such stuff. good football so much good football and you watch college games you're like holy cow these guys know how to play yeah. um but yeah so we watched that that buccaneers game and they were pretty bad on offense i mean scored nine points and they really figured it out in the playoffs, and they figured it out against some pretty good teams. I mean, the Eagles had, had struggled defensively going down the stretch we talked about on the on the show. I didn't think the Lions were going to struggle defensively against them, and now the Lions are giving up an average of plus 400 yards in both their playoff games. So, like you said, I think you pointed it out pretty well. If Debo Samuel is healthy, the Lions probably are going to have a whole lot of trouble covering him because they haven't covered anybody yet in the playoffs. So kudos to the Buccaneers though for figuring out the offense. I mean that's that's good uh, strategy, good coaching. You know, identifying matchups that are going to be a benefit to you. And you know Baker Mayfield took you know took it up a notch in the play in the playoffs. He really did.
0: Uh, Mama Frick back in here pulling for the Lions. Time for them to take the whole thing. I'm not going to disagree with you. When you look, that's we, a gauntlet. We about... That's a
1: gauntlet. You got to go through the <laughs> Niners and likely the Ravens.
0: Tim Costello saying he thinks Baker got cocky. That's what Baker does. Whatever Baker's playing well, that's just that's that's who he is. He was yeah. like that at Oklahoma. He was like that in Cleveland. He couldn't be like that in Carolina because Carolina was terrible. And he was like that in his only year here in, in Tampa Bay. When you look on the other side of the ball, the Detroit Lions did what they've done all season. Uh, Jared Goff just under 300 yards passing, he had two touchdowns, he was only sacked twice. And Jared Goff took care of the football. He did not, he did not throw an interception for his second straight playoff game, no interceptions. For Jared Goff, and we can officially say that Detroit Lions going into 2024, uh, that the regular season have never lost a playoff game at Ford Field. As <laughs> Bill, Bill scoffs, there's his nose up at it, they're still undefeated. Um, yeah, still uh, I want to see this Ford though
1: field. people took a dump on the Detroit Lions draft this past season. Yeah. And they have two real rookie contributors on their offense, real ones. They, they yep. I mean, they took a, a big, big, steamy dump on their. On their, there were a lot of people that gave them terrible grades on oh, their. Yeah. I'd say they reached on both of their top picks with Laporta and Gibbs. And Gibbs is electric. Well, that it wasn't just Laporta; it was
0: Brian Branch too. They, they took a crap on Branch, him, Yeah, and him, so. and Branch, yeah. You,
1: you forget that he's a rookie, right? So yep, um, they they really really jumped all over the Detroit Lions saying that they overdrafted, they overdrafted, and they really messed it up because they were coming off of a pretty good season where they missed the playoffs by one game, and if they had a good draft here, they're going to have a really good team. People thought they had a terrible draft, and they were completely wrong, and that's why the experts, the analysts, are just, they're always guessing. They're always guessing. And, and good job to that that front office and Dan Campbell. Uh, the Detroit Lions des- definitely deserve to be where they're at right now. I just hope they learn how to cover some receivers this week.
0: Yeah, that's what they need to do. You talked about the, those rookies and Jameer Gibbs and, and Sam Laporta. Laporta, if you remember, got hurt the week 18 of the season, mm-hmm. and were, was they were concerned whether he was going to play uh, in the in the the play the wild card game. He was the second leading receiver. He actually had more receptions than anybody else for the Lions in this game. Nine catches, 65 yards. He's amazing. Despite, despite David Montgomery getting more carries, he only averaged 3.3 yards a carry. Well, Jameer Gibbs, one fewer carry got 74 yards, averaged 8.2 yards of carry, and then Amon Ross St. Brown doing what he's done all season, 77 yards on eight catches with a touchdown. The Lions' offenses, again, as we've talked about it multiple times on the show, when you get San Laporta involved and when Jared Goff takes care of the football, the Lions are going to be in every game that they play in. And despite the Buccaneers having a really rough middle of the season and not knowing if they were going to make the playoffs, Uh, kudos to them hats off to them they they made a run and they they really did everything they could despite making that two-point conversion call which again if we talked about you're you're big like quit looking at analytics take the points where you get the points but they wanted the opportunity that if they were going to get the ball back that they were going to be able to take a lead with the extra point instead of um tying the game uh unfortunately for them they've got baker mayfield throwing the football and he did what Baker Mayfield does, yep. and he throws an interception, and the Bucs are watching the NFC Championship game that is now set. The Lions at 49ers, we're going to talk about at the end of the show. Uh, next up is the last game of the weekend. This was this is what everybody looked forward to watching. Kansas City Chiefs go like on the this road. One. I like the, this one. The first time Patrick Mahomes travels to Buffalo in the playoffs, the first time I believe it was his first road playoff game of his career. It was. It was, and the Chiefs get the win, twenty-seven to twenty-four. Bill, it sounds like you've got a lot to say. I, I, I can sort of lead you in, but um, I'm not. Give us your thoughts on the game. I feel, I feel like you've got some stuff that you want to get off your chest by what you said just now. Um, a lot of people giving Josh Allen a lot of, a lot of hate in this game, saying that he still can't win the big one. I don't think this is – I don't think this game falls on Josh Allen. Uh, what say you? What, are, what are your thoughts on this game
1: with the Chiefs knocking off the Bills yet again here in the playoffs? Well, I have a question. If sure. he had, if they had won the game, would you have credited Josh Allen for that? I mean, he averaged six yards of carry, 72
0: yards on the ground, 186 through the year. I mean, he had better numbers than Lamar Jackson had. If, I mean, Lamar Jackson had 100 yards rushing. Let's give you, give it that. But, I mean, he, his numbers are very comparable to what Lamar Jackson did against the, the Texans.
1: That's fair. I, I mean, that's fair. I, I understand that. Um, but I think if if you if the bills go down and, and you know, are able to win the game there late, obviously they were down. Well, they weren't able to, if they kick that field goal and it ties the game and then he wins it in overtime, they would all be, no matter what, if they had the stats he has right now, if, if they ran the ball all the way down their throat and won the game with a touchdown and, and they would talk about how great Josh Allen is. Yeah, he would. So I think you have to do the opposite. If they lose, I, I, you know, I think you have to say he needs to do more. He needs to do more. 24 points. He needs to do more. It's I mean it's there. It's it's there. This is the Josh Allen we've seen every year that he's been in the league and he's old enough where the ceiling has been hit. This is it. This is what you, I mean this is what you're going to get from him. And I've said multiple times on this show, he's not mature enough to win big games. He's just not. He acts like a 17-year-old when he when it gets exciting. And he freaks out and he goes nuts. You don't I mean you see Mahomes do that when he's mad. But you yep. don't do that. You don't see him do that when he's excited or yeah. scoring lots of touchdowns. It's he's just not mature enough. He's not. He's not going to win big games. Said it. Tim Costello. Times.
0: Tim Costello said the uh, the curse of the Bills lives on. You know. You mentioned wide right. Wide it, right. I love it. It's it's funny you mentioned. Uh, we talked last season about what where do the 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 Eagles go from their Super Bowl loss? And he said, Oh no, they've 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 hit their window. Like this was their window. And it's now closed. The, this, this Eagles team would not win a Super Bowl. And they didn't make it out of the wild card round. And you've been, you've been very critical of, of Josh Allen in the past about not being that great of a quarterback. And to your point, you know, I'm not, as far as, as, as yard and pro, yards and production goes, again, he had under 200 yards passing. But if you look at the other side of the ball, Patrick Mahomes only had 215 yards passing in this game. Mm-hmm. Uh, Travis Kelsey's is your leading receiver, five catches, 70, 75 yards. But he had two touchdowns in this game. Uh, Stefan Diggs, who's been very critical of this offense and about his usage, I think he only had three catches in this game. Uh, your leading receiver for the for the the Bills was Dalton Kincaid. The, I believe he's a rookie tight
1: end. Yep. Five catches, forty five yards. Um, but it's yeah, not all about, it's not all about statistics, Ryan. Right? It's also about showing up in the biggest moments. You know, if we were talking about, uh, you know, the the. Quarterback with the best statistics being the best quarterback, we be, we'd be anointing Tua as the MVP. I mean, he Man, he, leads, he led the league in passing this season, so it's not about what the, you know the statistics are put up on the board. Is it can you come through in the biggest situations? And Josh Allen continues to fail, and now he did it on his own field. They always said, "Well, he's in Kansas City, and they lost late in Kansas City." And well, now he did it on his own field.
0: So, so you, think, what else does so, he need?
1: So to be to be clear,
0: Tyler Bass missed the missed that that game tying forty four yard field goal wide right. Uh,
1: it's it's do you blame you blame the kicker then?
0: Uh, that's that's kind of who I'm putting the blame on. But oh, yeah. to your point, if Josh Allen is this Pro Bowl, all pro type quarterback he that is. people are building up to uh, he's be great. He's he great. He shouldn't have he shouldn't have put it on the leg of Tyler Bass. He should have been able to get them down the field and not rely on the kicker. He should they, he should be able to go and score a touchdown.
1: What else race. do you need on that offense? What else do you need? I know Gabe Davis was hurt, so they were down a wide receiver. So Stefan Diggs was getting a lot of attention. However, Stefan Diggs had some drops in this game, which we won't even talk about that cuz well, Stefan Diggs will tweet next week that he has a terrible quarterback and that's why he dropped the ball. Yeah. Uh but yeah, uh James Cook ever point
0: they they need running. I mean, they've needed they've needed the a consistently good running back. For years, I mean, James Cook averaged three point four yards per carry in this game, but he's—they were pretty singing good all his season. praises
1: at the end they of were. the season. They were, and it just didn't get it done. They didn't get it done. They didn't get it done. And, do think, and that part of that is is Josh Allen's fault.
0: Do you think uh, this is good? This is going to be a a, a, tab, a taboo subject. Saquon Barkley is a free agent. Oh, don't
1: even. I'll I'll lose my. Yeah. Do you
0: think? Do you think if they add somebody like Saquon Barkley to this offense and maybe go? I mean, look at look at this. These offenses that have added wide. I mean, the Houston Texans are a prime example. They were able to go to the division round of playoffs with a bunch of rookie receivers. Do you think if they added another another really good rookie wide receiver, a la Xavier Leggett, a la Marvin Harrison Jr., if they're able to sort of trade up, their, trade their way up to be able to get him? Do you think if they add a receiver like that in the draft and they're able to sign Saquon in the offseason, do you all of a sudden change your tune and think that, that this offense is, has hit – I know you said Josh Allen has hit the ceiling, but do you think this offense takes the next step with the addition of a Saquon and a, and a true number two receiver that can maybe stay healthy and be productive on a more consistent basis than even on Diggs in this offense? You just asked me, if
1: you put more talent in this offense, will it be better? Yes. Course, it'll be. I I hope Saquon goes back to the New York Giants. I really hope Saquon doesn't go somewhere else. I don't know what's going to happen with that, but I mean, yeah, they'll be a whole lot better. I don't want to see something like that happen, but I don't, I have zero idea where the Buffalo Bills are in the salary cap issue notebook. I I have no idea what they're looking at.
0: Well, Tim Costello thinks that nobody regretted drafting
1: any of these players that we're talking
0: about here. They're not getting Marvin Harrison
1: Jr., Marvin Harrison Jr. is going to the Bears at number one. What? I it's think happening.
0: the Lions were the last person to draft a wide receiver number 1 overall and that did not end well. It's happening. You really think so?
1: Either it's either that or they trade down like one or two spots and they pick him at 2 or 3 could happen, but I think I think that's how the Bears are going to try to fix Justin Fields is put massive amounts of talent around him.
0: That's that would be an interesting take at number 1 overall. Listen, that was your divisional round breakdown. We had a lot of really fun games to watch. None of them were blowouts outside of the fourth quarter in the Texans-Ravens game. So all these games were more fun to watch than the Wild Card weekend. And we have your AFC and NFC Championship breakdown here on the show for you coming up next after we take our final break. Who do we have officially making the Super Bowl here on this show? Stay tuned after the break to find out when we come back right here on Taphouse and Touchdowns. Established in 2008, One Stop Repairs in North Charleston, South Carolina, is your one-stop shop for all of your electronic repair needs. Specializing in cell phones, tablets, computers, laptops, and game consoles, One Stop Repairs offers reputable and quality service with the quickest turnaround time and the most competitive prices in the Lowcountry. You can find them on Google with an exceptional 4.9-star rating or on Facebook by searching for One Stop Repairs. Call for a quote today at 843 343 6310. That's the number one one stop repairs. Everybody, welcome back to the show. Tapouts and touchdowns. It's your guy, Billy Ryan, alongside Banker Bill. And we are here for podcast pick ems for Championship Sunday in the NFL. Remember, if you're watching live with us, leave a comment, whatever it is that you're watching, and uh, join the conversation as we're about to make picks for This weekend's championship Sunday last week was a better week for me than it was for you. Three and one for myself. We both missed on the Niners, but you also took the Bills last week. Uh, two for two and two for you on the week, but you're still ahead. I'm not catching you. 62. Oh, three, it's over. And one.
1: It's over. Give me the it's, championship already. Let's do this.
0: I'm gonna have to. I don't, I mean, I don't. Do I need to go buy you a trophy or something? That you no, can, it's you can okay. I, it was, it was
1: an expectation. So, I, you know, whatever. I just fulfilled my, <laughs> my, my
0: expectations.
1: <laughs> Hey, I Um, I was going to say, though, I think uh, we were just talking about the draft, the number one draft pick. I think we should have a draft special. If not, we just do a show one week on the draft this year. We didn't do it last year. I used to do mock drafts. It was really fun. Um, I think we should all – everybody that watches and whatnot can do their draft and say who their expectation is and what pick and whatnot, and I think that would be fun.
0: You just want to do do round round one? A round one? Yeah,
1: round one mock draft. draft? Yeah, no, I'm not doing it in round seven. Like, yeah, I think they're going to take Dave Smith out of – you no. know, youngstown state. I I think seven, we can they have these simulators 30.
0: online. I think if we got enough people together, we could we could do like a a 32-person mock draft and we could all choose like our team or I don't think no the Panthers no. don't have a first round pick, so we we, no. could, we could do
1: something. You just fill it out, you say what your mock draft is, and then you go down through and you say, Okay, pick one. What does everybody have? And then you, and then you say, and then you could say, okay, these are the picks that everybody's had. You know, people could turn them we in like it in average it out right? and like, yeah, and then yeah. and then we go in as a tap out some touchdowns and see how well we did when they they actually picked the Ooh, correct. I like that. Draft. I like that.
0: Yeah. Let's talk about it off the air because we got we got about ten was, like, minutes fun. left in the show. Okay, and we got we got some great ideas coming from me but anyway. Thank no banker Bill dropping dropping the the good ideas. Great so idea. I'm I'm digging. I'm loving it. Um, three o'clock Sunday afternoon, Chiefs, the Kansas City Chiefs. Traveling to the Baltimore Ravens, the Ravens a three and a half point favorite. I checked the lines on this game earlier today and they have not moved as of like four o'clock this afternoon. Let me double check real quick before we pick these games just to make sure as uh, I go into another thing. Nope. Games are set. Ravens at chief or Ravens hosting the chiefs bill. What say you who
1: will win the AFC championship? This is a defensive struggle. Both really good defenses. However, the Chiefs have a couple guys that are questionable, including Le'Jarius Need, which scares me, even though the Ravens don't have great wide receivers. Right? It just scares me. Uh, I just think, man, this is Lamar's year. That I just feel like that. I feel like it's Lamar's year. He's He played well, way better than he's ever played before. Uh, Tim Costello bothers me every week to, to make sure we pull the audio of him picking that Lamar's going to, to be the MVP many, many weeks ago. We probably didn't believe him at that time because I was still rooting for Tua, but Lamar has been much better than he's ever been this year. And he has won the MVP MVP before. So give me the Ravens, even though they're laying three and a half.
0: Uh, Mama Frick taking the Ravens as well. Trey, I'm not ignoring your comment, but I'm getting into that in Homer's corner. So, so stay tuned till the end of the
1: show. I'm with you, man. I think,
0: I think the Ravens are
1: going to women's basketball. Yeah.
0: The Ravens, the Ravens are going to take this game. I mean, it's, if you, if you look at the conspiracy theories, uh, online and, and all around the 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 world of football, uh, y- y- the Ravens are going to make the Super Bowl and the Ravens are going to make the Super Bowl at the start of the season. Um, I did not have the Ravens being this good this year, but uh, Lamar. I think either one of us did. Nope. The Lamar Jackson has has shown everybody um, what they're able to do on offense, despite losing uh, J.K. Dobbins early in the season. Lamar Jackson does what Lamar Jackson does, and the Ravens get the win here at home and go to the uh the, the Super yeah, Bowl. Yeah, we have
1: to pull it at some point. He's he's just he's, he's being for at work. He's like you guys got to bring that up uh, tell you know show that I said that well, we will. Maybe. We got yeah, We're we got right. we got to scour we got to scour the shows.
0: You yeah. know where you said it Tim? Go back go back and tell us what episode. And we'll, we'll I'll pull it and I'll I'll drop the clip here on the show. Um so we've got the Ravens playing is the AFC champion in the Super Bowl later Sunday night 6:30. The first time and, like, 52 years, the second time in franchise history the Detroit Lions are playing in the NFC Championship game. Traveling to the San Francisco 49ers, it is a seven-point spread for the 49ers. Again, there is no inclination as to That's whether disrespectful. or not Debo Samuel is going to play in this game.
1: We, it's disrespectful, if, man.
0: I'm with you. Listen, I, I the, we talked about the Lions secondary has been porous at, at best. They have not been able to shut down a number one receiver in the playoffs, uh, but but again, Jared Goff has been able to protect the football. They've been able to get the ball going on the ground behind David Montgomery and Jameer Gibbs. Amon Ross, Saint Brown, and Sam Laporta are doing what they can, and very very in, in, in spurts. You've got both Jamison Williams and Josh Reynolds getting going on this offense for the Detroit Lions. I'm gonna I'm gonna preface this by saying that the San Francisco 49ers were my pick to make the Super Bowl out of the NFC weeks ago. And I'm not mistaken, if we go back and look at the file, I believe I took them to make the Super Bowl preseason out of the NFC. And I think they win this game. But I don't think they cover a seven-point spread. The NFC Championship game, it will be a three- to four-point game. The 49ers are not going to blow out the Lions. I think the Lions are going to be able to stay into the stay in this game Behind their offense, taking care of the football, behind their their ability to mix in the run and pass, and the 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 risk taking that Dan Campbell does will pay off in this game. And the Lions are going to keep this close. Give me the Niners to win, but give me the Lions to cover. Bill, what say you? Who do you have winning the NFC Championship?
1: Vegas. What are you doing? What are you doing? This is disrespectful. I I, I watched this this Forty Nine er team last week barely beat a Green Bay Packers team with Jordan Lovett quarterback. And the last time that the Lions played that Green Bay Packers team, they lost to them, but it was on a fumble recovered for a touchdown. It doesn't happen every week. And the Lions would have won that game, or at least would have been in that game, probably would have won that game. And the Packers wouldn't even been in the playoffs if that had happened. What are you doing, Vegas? What are you thinking? Seven points. Are you out of your freaking, I am, I don't even understand. Give me the Lions. Give me the Lions to cover. They're not going to win this game. <laughs> I'm with you. No, we're we're both
0: there. Uh, Mama for the Lions. They get they cover seven. Come on, man. This is ridiculous. I'm with you. She's taking the Lions. Just got a pull for the underdog. Uh, Heather Kirkland Taylor uh, in the chat saying the NFC just makes her cry now. I'm assuming it's because of of what the Seahawks did down the stretch. So apologies. I wish I had something better to say. She's exactly. There could Seattle be rain Seahawks on her man.
1: face, to be honest, though, up in Seattle.
0: Well, no, she she lives in South Carolina. She's just oh, a
1: Seahawks fan, and I'm
0: sorry. Well, in, in fairness, it's been raining in South Carolina since yesterday That's too. True, so maybe yeah, she does 100%. have rain on her face. Yes, uh, we are excited for AFC and NFC Championship football this coming Sunday. But I am even more excited for this week's Homer's Corner. Uh, before I get to my Homer's Corner, I'm a, I'm gonna give the floor because I think I talked first last week, Bill. Uh, the Dolphins have fired. No, it's not fired.
1: Oh, it's not fired. It's not fired. They mutually. Oh, sorry. Let me fix it. Okay, yeah.
0: Dolphins, I'll go ahead. You talk while I'm fixing It was a
1: mutual agreement to part ways. We don't know why. They haven't really come out and said anything. Mike McDaniel said he stinks. No, I'm kidding. Mike McDaniel came out and said, you know, we just decided to go different directions. That's fine. Vic Fangio sounds like he's going to go take the Philly defensive coordinator job is what they're saying. Now the Dolphins are looking for a defensive coordinator. And you know who the front runner is? I'm not sure I like it. They should get a hold of me. No, actually, I'm a front office guy. I don't think I'd be a good coordinator. They're looking at Brandon Staley. Brandon, what? Really? I See, I'm making that face too. It looked like I, when I heard that, it looked like I farted. That's what ah. happened. It was like, ooh, what? He <laughs> had a terrible defense in, with the Chargers. Yeah. His, his GM got fired because he was terrible at coaching and then he got fired. So, hey, let's make him a defensive He's a defensive guy. They had a terrible defense. There was a good offense in, in San Diego. Oh, yeah. You know, Los, Los, Los Angeles. Yeah. Whatever. I'm going to call it San Diego forever. I don't care. They should it's still in San Diego. It's guys. ridiculous. Bye, bye, Vic Fangio. I actually don't. I'm not going to miss you. I never understood what your schemes were. You had Jalen Ramsey, arguably one of the best corners in the NFL, and you refused to move him to the best wide receiver on the other team. And you watched him torch Cater Kohu, who was a undrafted rookie free agent too uh, last season. I never understood that. I couldn't. Bye, bye, Vic Fangio. You know, happy trails, man. I think you're getting old. See ya. Uh,
0: no, Heather wanted to make sure it was it was it's the fact that they weren't good and and uh, paint leaving. And yeah, she mentioned she's from Tra- she's in Charleston, but from Southern California. So, I agree. I,
1: I was a, se- a season ticket holder for six seasons, and losing Pete bummed me out too. So, all
0: right, my turn. Homer's corner. We're gonna get off football for just a second. I'm done. I'm leaving because uh, South Carolina, for the last t- decade or so, has been known for their women's basketball team being number one in the country year in and year out. National. Have they really been known
1: for that, Ryan? I don't mean to interrupt you, but have they been known for that? Yes, they've okay. been known
0: for that. People who pay attention to college sports know they knew UConn women's basketball. Now they know Gamecock women's basketball, but Gamecock men's basketball, uh, sits currently, if I'm not mistaken at 15 and 16 and three on the season, four and two in the sec. But that is after last night's 17 point victory against number six, Kentucky at home. Uh, Lamont Pearson is in his second year as head coach for the South Carolina Gamecocks uh, taking over for Frank Martin, who took the basketball team to their one and only final four. um, Yeah. Final four NCAA tournament final four in program history. But time, time was, 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 it was time for him to go according to the athletic department. And I want to make, I want to be clear. This is what Trey Toles wanted to talk about here. uh, South Carolina taking down Kentucky last night. It is Gamecock men's basketball's, Biggest win over a top 10 team in program history. The biggest margin of victory against the top 10 team. The the fans stormed the court. There's another SEC fine, I'm sure, coming for the Gamecock men's basketball. Uh, Not ranked in the top 25, despite sitting at 15 wins on the season. I believe their losses, are. there's obviously uh, two losses in conference, and their only other loss came to Clemson, who at the time was a top 20 basketball team. Uh, But Gamecock men's basketball... More than likely, especially if they're able to beat Missouri this weekend, should be in the top twenty-five come next week. And as a as a Gamecock athletics fan, as as a South Carolina University of South Carolina alumnus alumni, it is so fun to see Gamecock men's basketball doing good things. Shout out to Gamecock men's basketball. Shout out to Lamont Paris. Shout out to Colonial Life Arena down in Columbia for rocking the house. I mean, this game it was it was an eight-point game at halftime. The Gamecocks hit a three going into halftime to make it an eight-point game and outscored, outscored them by another another nine points in the second half and just absolutely dominated this game. Kentucky scoring-wise made it close a few times, but uh what a what a fun game to watch and and so exciting to see in Lapont Maris's second year as head coach making this team relevant because when when you talked about uh, basketball coaches that were hired in the SEC two years ago, Lamont Paris was the least exciting of them all and they were picked for the second consecutive year to finish dead last in the sec this season and right now if they keep things up the way they are they are not going to finish dead last so shout out to my gamecock men's basketball team i know bill loves talking about basketball um and again Trey tolls is in attendance shout out i did see his picture on facebook uh he was in attendance and the crowd was electric uh shout out to gamecock jesus r.i.p um, one of the biggest Gamecock basketball fans that was there at every game passed away earlier this year. They actually uh, Don Staley showed up to his his uh, memorial service, and they they had a chair uh, laid out for him with his with his uh, trademark flag hanging over the chair uh, early in the season. So uh, good stuff coming out of Gamecock basketball. Bill, you it like you had, had something to say before we sign off here.
1: You know what I I am rooting for the Gamecocks more often than I probably ever thought in my entire lifetime that I would. And this is going to sound like an insult, but the reason I'm doing it now is that for some point, at some point, I hope that you guys start to act like you've been there before. We haven't, Bill. <laughs> I, that's what I'm saying. So I want you guys to win a lot because I'm a Gators fan, and we've won championships in every major sport that I care about since since I've been since I went to University of Florida and have been a Gators fan. We've won basketball. We've won baseball. We've won. F- have
0: you won a baseball national title?
1: We've won multiple baseball national titles. I know. I know we have ca- you More Capital One Cups than any other team, any other, yeah, any other college in 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 sports. Right? We don't get excited about beating a ranked team in the middle of the basketball season. I want to. I want to slap you in the I'm mouth. Just so saying, bad. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. Like I it's. Just... You know when you score a touchdown and you get really excited and you dance and you get a 15 yard. That's South Carolina Gamecocks fans. You guys get a 15 yard penalty for acting like crazy people for beating a good team in the middle of this. Do it in March. And then it's so you can celebrate it.
0: I I you know I'm just next saying. week. I'm next week saying. you don't next no week cops. you
1: don't get a homer's corner next week. That's it. That's penalty <laughs> even grounded.
0: A next penalty. week that's 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 a flag. Uh Tim Costello says Rutgers. Um yeah, that's you're getting you're getting a flag here. You're not you're not getting a homer's corner next. Week.
1: I want you guys to win a lot so that you can finally feel like winning is expected instead of a surprise.
0: Well, you're getting a red card and you're not getting a homer's okay. corner next week because, you know, you took a giant dump on my homer's corner. Cuz uh <laughs> I, I'm a lot I'm happy
1: for you, man. No, I, you're not. You No, you're me not. Last you just, you, you need me last to actually you've been there before, time, Ryan. At halftime when you said they're up on Kentucky right now, and what was my response? Ooh. Ooh yeah. Like that's cool. Yeah, and it's cool I was like, me. Wow, like you said you sent me the final score and I was like, heck yeah, man, good job. And now on a football podcast, we got to hear about men's yeah. college basketball. And now, and now you in get the, the middle the of January. on it.
0: Listen, I listen, Homer's corners for us to be able to talk about what we want to talk about it with, <laughs> with no restrictions. And I feel like every week you dump on my homer's corner. I don't, don't care what it, it is. That's <laughs> You are dumping on a homer's corner. So next it's week, guess it's what? You don't get a homer's corner next week. No, I don't care. It's not fair. I don't care if the Dolphins hire Bill Belichick as the defensive coordinator. You don't get a homer's corner next week. It's not happening.
1: Ooh. Yeah. Wouldn't
0: anyway. that be fun? Anyway, ladies and gentlemen, uh, I hope everybody enjoyed the show tonight. Uh, wherever it is that you listened or watched, if you watched it or listened to it the day after, appreciate your, your support your as always. Mad. Make sure... <laughs> Make sure you go to Facebook.com slash Tapouts and Touchdowns on Twitter or X at Tapouts and TDs or, or go to the YouTube channel, search Tapouts and Touchdowns. Make sure you are following, liking, subscribing, wherever it is that you are listening to the show and helping to grow this podcast as we enjoy everybody being a part of the conversation week in and week out as Tim Costello in the comments is leaving, is taking another a uh, poo-poo on, on what I wanted to talk about tonight, so... Uh, Tim Costello doesn't get his, his comments read in the chat next week either. That's, I'm, I'm, I'm gonna, I'm gonna live up to my moniker, Bully Rye. The more, the more people want to poo poo on what I want to talk about, the more people are gonna get Bully Rye. You want Bully Rye to come out? You, you better know who it is that you're talking to. Do you so know mean. who I am? He's my so mean. My name is Bully Rye. Now turn the hat yeah. backwards.
1: Turn the hat backwards. Oh, you you know deserve what? to wear it. You no, know now we don't even know what you're wearing. Yeah, we nope, don't even nope, know nope. what you're wearing. Anyway, thanks
0: everybody who who was a part of the show tonight. Everybody left comments. Everybody who who listened live. Everybody who watched the show. Uh, we'll be back talking next week about the Super Bowl preview. We'll probably actually bring up a little bit of the UFL because we'll have the the Pro Bowl games coming in the week in between the Championship Sunday and the Super Bowl. Uh, and and we'll maybe there'll be some college football news drop. Who knows? Uh, if you haven't already, make sure you go and listen to the foot to the wrestling episodes that PJ Steve and I have dropped. Over the last two weeks, we talked Wrestle Kingdom 18. We also talked about uh, WWE's Royal Rumble that will be happening this weekend and the current state of the business uh, in the in, in the world of pro wrestling. Make sure if you want to hear all things uh, uh, Carolina Panthers, uh, you go over and listen to the Cat Cake on the World Sports YouTube channel and the County Podcast Network, the Sports Network, wherever it is that you get your podcast. For Banker Bill, it's your God Billy Rye. Thanks, everybody, for being with us today and tonight, wherever it is that you listen. And we'll see you next week right here on Tapouts and Touchdowns.